Nelson, alcoholic addict. That's not my real name. That's a pen name that I use here at LOL Sober, my newsletter. I listen to a podcast called The Rewatchables. It's a uh, podcast that's on the part of the Ringer Network, which is a website and uh, and a podcast network. And Bill Simmons is behind most of it. He's the owner and operator. Um, and The Rewatchables is maybe my favorite podcast. It's dedicated to movies that the hosts have deemed rewatchable. And so it's not always the very, very best films. It's not Oscar winners. There's a lot of Sylvester Stallone action movies from the 80s and plenty of Tom Cruise movies in there. Um, it's just movies that you uh, that you like. They might not even be great, but you like them. And you, and you like to watch them more than once. And so it's right up my alley. Um, they recently spent a good two hours talking about one of those movies for me, which is the Tom Hanks classic movie, Big. I loved it so much as a kid, and I still watch it. If it's on, I pop it on at least for 20 minutes or so. I, I really, I just loved it. As the, the podcast, um, you know, touched on all the good parts of it, uh, which I'll get to in a little bit. It also touched on... Um, how problematic it can be as an adult to watch the movie because it is pretty weird concept to have a 13 year old who wishes he could be, uh, in an adult, be an adult man and the wish comes true. And so there's a 13 year old in like a 30 year old man's body. And then he starts to have an adult relationship with a 30 year old woman <laughs> and spoiler alert for a, an old movie. It's even stranger to watch it now and see how nonchalant Elizabeth Perkins's character is when she finds out the truth. And the truth is that she has been having a lot of sex with a 13-year-old, and it does not seem to bother her as much as you would think. So it's a movie that I'm not sure they make now, and it is weird. It gives me a little bit of a, a cringe when I, uh, when I see that part of the movie. Um, but I also find the movie to be really heartwarming. I think the message at the at the heart of it is really powerful. And it really hit home for me about my sobriety because one of the most startling things to me about getting sober was the hole in the donut problem, which I have discussed 400 times on this newsletter. It is a common theme for me. And um, just to explain it briefly, it's the fear that that many newly sober people have, including me, big time, and it's the fear that by getting rid of drugs and alcohol and then avoiding people, places, and things that caused us to drink and drug in the first place, and then working through resentments, and then praying a lot, and then getting rid of character defects, I just remember wondering, like, when I get done with this, what's going to be left of me? I'll just be like a blank sheet of paper, you know, or the hole in the donut, as they say. And in my experience, it did kind of break out that way. Um, the good news is that, you know, a blank sheet of paper can be a beautiful thing. It's an open road, you know. It, that's how it was for me. It was an open road to figure out who am I um, or who was I, who am I now, and who do I want to be, and then how do I get there, you know. That's actually, like, kind of a cool thing, you know. It's, like, sort of starting from scratch, Um there's definitely growing pains, and I felt those for sure. I worked really hard for a few years after I got sober to work on the bad parts of me, and I got to a place where I was pretty happy with those results. Um, but I also struggled to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. In a weird way, it reminded me of like when I was 16, 17, 18 years old, meeting with guidance counselors, touring colleges, ask, talking to my parents, friends, everybody, 
to figure out what path I wanted to take in life. And it was really, it was really hard back then. Um, and this time, I'm in my mid-30s. You know, I'm already married. I already have kids. I already work, have a full-time job. Like, here I am saying, who do I want to be? And, and I didn't know. That was a scary part. I, I had no idea. Did I want to be more reserved? Did I want to be more re- outspoken? I, I'd read about the power of stoicism, which is a really interesting concept, especially when it comes to sobriety. I, I thought that sounded cool. Like, what if I was very stoic? You know, that would be people like stoic people, right? Like, and I was like, wondering, did I want to keep my current job? Should I go work at a treatment facility? That would be rewarding, right? Did I? What about in my hobbies? Like, do I still am I still going to love sports the way that I used to? I, I wasn't sure about a lot of those things, even though I had been sober for a while. You know, and on the outside, it probably looked like I knew what I was doing. I didn't. And I especially struggle with, like, what do I want my personality to be? I had to, you know, rethink some things. I've always been a goofball. I've always been immature for my age, whatever that age was. When I was 10, I was immature. When I was 20, immature. Today, I'm immature. (laughs) And I kind of like that. You know, I kind of like being a little rebellious and screw you. I'll say whatever I want, blah, blah, blah. And for the most part, it was pretty harmless. I think other people, I mean, I think I get along with people. I'm mostly, uh, I have a lot of friends, so I, I think other people enjoyed it too. But I really do believe life is a joyful, it's a mix of joy and pain. <laughs> you know, there's just, pain is inevitable. Um, but if you don't have the joy in there, it's just 100% pain and bitterness and suffering. And uh, who wants that, right? So that brings me back to Big. Um, One of the things that makes Josh Baskins, that's Tom Hanks' character, one of the things that makes him so appealing to adults he interacts with is that he's he's a version of an adult that I think most adults wish they could be. But the older you get, the more you realize that people might look down on you if you seem immature. You know, you start to get self-conscious about stuff, you know, singing karaoke and all the other things, maybe you're like, oh, that'd be fun, and I don't want to embarrass myself. You know, like we, a lot of us end up thinking, like, I don't want people to think, um, what will people think of me? You know, how many of us don't take any chances whatsoever because we're worried about what other people think? You know, basically, insecurity floods in as you get older. It certainly did for me, you know, and I found myself and, and most adults, I think we cave in and we let that inner child kind of die off. Or worse yet, you know, the inner child doesn't die die off. It's locked in a cage inside them. <laughs> that's painful too. And that's certainly the case for me, you know. In Big, Tom Hanks' character just like, he just lets it fly. And you can see other characters start to be drawn in by that because I think they wish they could do it too. I think that's uh, very uh, attractive, you know, the idea that this guy is who he is, and you can think whatever you want, but he's going to be that person, and um, I don't know, it's pretty amazing. As I listened to the podcast, I realized at some point, probably in the last five years or so, I decided on what I wanted to be for the rest of my life. I don't think it was a case of like me writing it down on a piece of paper one afternoon and making it a decision that way, but I do think I sorted through a lot of things gradually and came to the conclusion that I want to be sober, that's first and foremost, and my the sobriety that I need to have, that I should have, it comes with a certain amount of spirituality and pause and restraint and maturity and following through on commitments, 
I want to keep all that. But number two on that list is that I, I want to be what I am, which is I'm a total goofball. You know, I am, and I'm okay with it. I, I try to seek out the joy in life, even in painful situations. I'm going to abide by societal norms for acting like a clown as a 45-year-old. I th- <laughs> I'm trying to, you know, balance that with being a little bit of a goofball. But I feel secure enough in myself that I'm going to be who I am and be pretty comfortable about that. And, you know, that led me to try stand-up comedy, which is kind of, I mean, come up with what's a bigger test of whether failing will affect your self-esteem and make you try to be somebody else. I mean, stand-up is up there. (laughs) I mean, even the best comedians you've ever seen, like come up with a list of the very best comedians you've ever heard or watched. That comedian... Those comedians, they've gotten on stage many, many times and eaten shit so hard it would break a lot of other people. They would quit because they just didn't want to deal with it. And I certainly had my share of shit sandwiches when I was doing it um, more frequently than I am now. I would try my best and I'd work very hard on it, but I would walk off stage after totally whiffing and it would be painful, but I'd just go home and I'd be fine. You know, I... I credit sobriety for that. I really do. I specifically credit recovery. Man, recovery let me tear everything down and build it back up the way that I want it. So here I am, uh, and I'm a 45-year-old semi-responsible child, and I guess that's what I want. I don't know. Maybe it'll change. Sobriety has been so cool in that regard. You know, I figured out what I couldn't be anymore, and then I figured out what I didn't want to be, and then I figured out who I did want to be, and here I am. I'll give you a good example of how that plays out in real life. The other night, my my older daughters, they drove to Target at about 9 p.m. And when they got home, we realized um, I needed to pull my car into the driveway so they could park on the outside. They were leaving early the next day. So so I did that. I went out uh, and I stood. Bes- I parked my car and I stood beside the driveway and I waved them in. Um, I acted like an airport runway person, waving my hands like a, like a total bozo. <laughs> And as they pulled in, I thought it'd be funny to duck down and, and run around the back of the car and kind of lurk back there. And we're pretty playful at my house about chasing each other around the house. And like they act like they're scared and they run and they giggle and haha. It's a big, it's one of those goofy family things that it only makes sense if you see it every day, if you live here. But uh, it is like one of those things. So, so I was hiding back behind a running car, which is a great idea, guys. Yeah, just lurk behind running cars. Yeah, good idea. Uh, but I was back there, and they were both gawking their heads around to see where I was. And I could hear them in there going, oh, where did he go? Where did he go? And they're, like, laughing. And eventually I jumped up on the passenger side, and I made this, like, loud growling noise, like, oh, boogeyman's here. And I could see them in the car, like, giggling, just laughing their asses off. And it was really funny, but... If you'd have been watching this scene from next to be bought a straight jacket on Amazon and had it delivered to my house, <laughs> I look like a crazy person. But eventually they shut the car down and they got out and we all walked in together. And as we walked in, my 14-year-old was kind of laughing and she said, you know, you are the biggest idiot on earth. And I nodded. Yeah, I nodded my head and I said, yep, I am. And I'm fine with that. So thanks for letting me share.